1: And if we bring all of our actions and, and all of our words to the test of the presence of Jesus Christ, it's going to help us think before we speak and think before we act and do what's right in the sight of God. I would guess
2: that most of us go through our day without giving a lot of thought to the fact that Christ is very much aware of what we're thinking, what we're doing, what we're saying. How would our days be different if we kept that realization at the forefront of our mind? I'll let you ruminate on that for just a moment. And then Pastor Leighton is going to talk a lot more about it as he continues his study in the book of Colossians. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Pastor Leighton Sheely is the senior pastor there. And they're on the web at highlands.us.
1: That's highlands.us. And love is the binding power which holds the Christian body together in unbreakable fellowship. It's a sign of maturity. And Paul wrote often about the priority of love. Verse 15, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. The peace of Christ here is speaking of the, of the peace that Christ gives. It's the peace that has its origin in christ and the word rule here is an interesting word Uh, biblical scholar lightfoot says it appears the idea of a decision and award is prominent and that it must not be taken to note simply rule or power what lightfoot is saying here is is it should be understood that this saying that the peace of god be the decider of all things within your heart and literally it, it, it it could be rendered let the peace of god be the umpire in your heart, because the word that there is used to describe an umpire in the ancient games. And an umpire was one who settled any matter of dispute. And sometimes we're going through lives and there's these, these uh, things that are going on, these feelings that are pulling us in multiple directions. I want to get even with that person. No, I need to forgive that. No, I want to get even with it. No, I'm going to forgive that person. And what he's saying here is that the, we need to let the peace of Christ keep us in the way of love and unity. Now, to live in peace here doesn't mean that suddenly all of our differences are going to just go away. But we need to be exercising our decisions in doing what Paul has told us to do and let the peace of Christ be the decider when we have these tensions within. When we're hurt by others, We must have an umpire inside of us that says, peace, time out, time out on passions and reactions. Now, Paul doesn't preach peace at any price, but what he does preach is that we embrace God's peace and be under His control as we make decisions so those decisions are made for truth and what is right in the sight of God. And when a Christian loses the peace of God, oftentimes they go off in, in some other direction outside of the will of God. They turn to the things of this world and to the flesh to compensate for the lack of peace within. And what we find is that no matter how hard we try to escape, we can't escape ourselves. And what we need to do is to confess our sin, claim God's forgiveness in Christ, and do what God has called us to do so that we can again experience Christ's peace within. And he says, and be thankful. And when we have an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of thankfulness, it makes it a lot easier for us to do all of these other things that he has called us to do. It also makes relationships easier, which he's going to talk about in a future passage. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Again, let's break it down. Piece by piece, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word of Christ is the gospel, the Christian message, the message about Christ. We understand that to mean the Bible. And he says it should dwell within us. And the word dwell means to reside permanently, that it should feel at home within us if we've experienced the grace and the peace of christ then the word of christ should also feel at home in our hearts now the word richly is translated elsewhere as a phrase in all its richness it can either describe the message itself or the way in which that message is lived out in the believer but the outcome is essentially the same thing we need to let god's word dwell in us Richly, that's why it's so important that we fill our hearts and our minds with God's word. There's things happening today in churches across America that minimize their attention on God's word. There seems to be a lack of understanding of what the Bible teaches. I had people coming up, thank you, pastor, for preaching the word of God. I got to confess, I don't know how to preach anything else. And I don't know what preachers fill the time with if they're not preaching about Christ and His Word. What do they talk about? Sports? Joe Montana was a great pitcher for the Giants? I I don't know what they talk about. But there are far too many saved people today who cannot say that God's Word dwells in their hearts richly because they don't take time to read it, they don't take time to study it, they don't take time to memorize it every day. And then he continues teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. I want you to note the one another because the Bible is full of one another's and the significance of this one another is that we are supposed to teach and admonish one another. In other words, not all teaching and correction should come from the pulpit or the elders. We have a responsibility to be in community with each other, teaching each other, and admonishing each other. That's accomplished in our growth groups and our classes where Christians do life together. We do community together. It's important for us to be in community together as Christians teaching and admonishing one another. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart hearts to God. You know, one of the earliest descriptions we have of a church service (laughs) was actually written by Pliny, a Roman governor of Bithynia, who was reporting to the Roman emperor Trajan. And part of that report was they meet at dawn to sing a hymn to Christ as God. Singing praises to Christ as God has been something the church has done from the very beginning. And I am so thankful that our worship leaders so diligently prepare our times of worship together that they thoughtfully consider the songs they don 't just pick the the top most popular songs the seven eleven songs you know seven words eleven times but there 's a, a real thought to the going into choosing the songs, and that 's why we also, as a church, have a great love for the hymns because the the hymns the lyrics of the hymns are are so rich in in theology and and in scripture. And when we do that, when we come together and we sing, we're doing what the Christians have done since the very beginning of the church. And then he says, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Regarding this, Bruce Barton wrote, thankfulness puts all that we have in the right perspective. God has given us what we need for service, comfort, expression, and recreation. Greediness or discontent Signals an attitude that says to God, I'm not getting much of a bargain here. Thankful people can worship wholeheartedly. Gratitude opens our hearts to God's peace and enables us to put on love. Discontented people constantly calculate what's wrong with their lot in life. To increase your thankfulness, take an inventory of all you have. Include your relationships, memories, abilities, and family as well as material possessions. Use the inventory for prayers of gratitude. On Sunday before worship, take time to reflect on reasons for thanks. Early on Sunday morning, declare your thanks, faith, and hope day. Celebrate God's goodness to you. And ask in prayer for all of your needs for the week ahead. And and to this, I would add a recommendation that we don't just do this on Sunday. That we do this every day. You know, there's a great hymn of the church that says, Count your blessings. Name them. One by one. Start listing them. Count your blessings, see what God has done. And it's a great practice for us to do that every morning before we get out of bed and our feet hit the floor. Because if we start with an attitude of gratitude every morning, it's going to affect the entire day. Verse 17, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Giving thanks. Did you notice that's a theme? He's mentioned it now for a third time. He mentioned it in verse 15. He mentioned it again in verse sixteen. He's mentioned it again now in seventeen, giving thanks. Now this verse brings uh this section to a close with a command that we do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, and to act uh in someone's name is to act on their authority as their representatives. When we bear the name Christian, we are representatives of Christ. And so as representatives of Christ, it's always important that what we do and what we say honors Christ. And one of the best tests before we do something is to ask the question, can we do this, whatever it is, calling on Jesus and asking for his help? And one of the best tests we can have before we say something is, can we say this and in the same breath speak the name of Jesus, knowing that he hears everything? And if we bring all of our actions and and all of our words to the test of the presence of Jesus Christ, it's going to help us think before we speak and think before we act and do what's right in the sight of God. Everything that a believer does should be done in the name of Jesus, realizing that He is constantly present with us. And we want to honor Him in everything we do. Paul elsewhere wrote, whether you eat or or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So, your homework this week, should you choose to accept it, is to put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And each and every day, count your blessings. And be thankful.
2: That's Pastor Leighton Sheely wrapping up another message in this series dealing with the book of Colossians. You know, he ends most of his messages by saying to the congregation, If anyone has any questions, please come up and ask me. And we'd love to extend that invitation to you as well. If you have any questions about this ministry or what Pastor Leighton has shared... Please write us. Please go to the website, studyversebyverse.com, and click on the contact link and ask your question right there. We will get back to you, I promise. Now, for the church, you'll find us on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. This weekend, we'd love to see you. There are multiple services across the weekend, both Saturday and Sunday, Those details are on the website, highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Have a great weekend, and come back on Monday at this same time when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.